while that way of navigating may be fine for a car, it's an unacceptable form of Christian living. If your spiritual life is on cruise control, it means you've taken your foot off of the accelerator. I can assure you that a cruise control Christian will never experience the level of God's reality that He has intended for them. We start our week on Sunday when we come to church, and then as we leave the parking lot, we turn on a spiritual cruise control. We just let the Christian life roll on until we turn the ignition off the following Sunday morning, come to church, and then we reset cruise for another week. You may be on cruise control right now. My goal in looking at this subject of kingdom prayer in the Scriptures is to encourage you to hit the brakes, to take your life out of cruise control. By the end of this book, I hope you will begin to allow God to actively lead you in the various dimensions of your life through this intimate and authoritative process called prayer. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2, we read, David realized that the Lord had established him as a king over Israel, and that his kingdom was highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. David has been royally blessed. God has taken a shepherd boy and raised him to a position of prominence. It was during this time of blessing that David runs into a problem. We read in verse 8, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David, and David heard of it and went out against them. Isn't that just how life works sometimes? As soon as you've been blessed, something seems to go wrong. You are praising God for what He did in the morning, and by the afternoon you are dealing with the Philistines. David realized God had raised him up, but then he turns around to discover the enemy is coming after him. Here's where things really get interesting. The enemy has come to mess things up for David in the middle of his blessing. We know that David's first reaction is to go to war against them, but suddenly David remembers he has not yet prayed. He is doing things on his own. Time to Stop and Pray David recognizes he's going solo, and he takes action. He doesn't just cruise along. He asks God a question. Shall I go against the Philistines? And will you give them into my hand? Then the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will give them into your hand. Verse 10. Now, this wasn't David's first rodeo. He'd been to battle before. He had even experienced success in battle, so he could have easily just determined to use an older strategy or approach to this situation, but he doesn't. Rather, David comes to the Lord, and he starts with a question. He says, Shall I go up against the Philistines? It's a strange question, because we saw in the previous verse that David is already on his way to face his enemies. But he asks, God, should I keep doing this? I plan to do it. I think I should do it. I think I can do it. But is what I'm doing what you want done? Shall I go up against them? David does two important things. First, he asks a specific question. Second, 
He recognizes he has already begun to take action before praying for guidance, so he interrupts what he is doing to ask a precise prayer, looking for a precise answer. Do I keep going, God? Or do you have another plan? Pray specifically and pray early. The simple reason that so many of our prayers hit the ceiling is because our prayers can become so general that they don't say much of anything at all. God, give me guidance. Lord, bless my day. Lord, cover my family. Father, help me on my job. God, give me strength and good health. How about a mate? Or if your marriage is shaky, please fix this marriage. Any of those...